That's grace. That song was written by my friend Sloane Wainwright, and every word is true. She got grace just about the time that her husband contracted leukemia and went with him through all the treatments and then through um, a bone marrow transplant and then through host versus graft disease of which he died. She had known him since she was five years old. They met in preschool. And they married in college. And they were together for almost 40 years. And this was her saving grace right here. I had the privilege of knowing her. Grace died a few years ago, but I had the privilege of knowing Grace. And she was all of that. She was way more polite than my dogs are. <laughs> so today I just want to talk about some of the things that animals could teach us if we were willing to observe and listen. So whether you're a pet lover or not, these are solid spiritual principles. And one is that animals live in the moment. They are mindful of what's happening now. Now also they're mindful of what's not happening now, like where's my treat? <laughs> but they're mindful of what's happening now. And that means a whole lot of other things. That means they're not, when they look at your face, going, you know, yesterday she was kind of short with me. <laughs> They're not. <laughs> well, they sure don't act like it. They're just happy to see you. So that's a lesson that we can get. Appreciate now. Appreciate now. Another lesson of now is not trying to stockpile your good. Oh, things are good? <sighs> Better grab onto it. I better hold it really, really tight, because what if the good goes away? Have you ever seen an animal, a dog, say, take a treat and say, I really love this, but I'm just going to take one bite right now. Because <laughs> if there's not a treat tomorrow, I'll at least have this old treat to take another bite off of. You know, the Hebrews took 40 years of wandering in the wilderness to figure out that manna keeps coming that the good things keep coming. We can enjoy them and release them because there will be more good to replace it. And that's what my dog knows. <laughs> I'm gonna eat it right now. And I'm gonna trust that you have another one for me. There is always more. This is a basic teaching of, um, of it's, it's a prosperity principle of new thought that we don't live in a universe of lack. You see the results out in the world of people who believe that we live in a universe of lack. And so they have to own, 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 own things. And it's never enough. If the way you're feeling good about yourself is to own things, you cannot own enough things. Just look around at the billionaires in the world. There's no way that another million or billion will change their lifestyle what they're able to do on a daily basis, one tiny bit. But when we're trying to fill ourselves with things, there is no thing that can fill what we're looking for. That's the spirit. 
so we don't stockpile, we learn as we grow, as we grow in prosperity thinking that there is always more good because my God is good. Jesus said, I came that you might have life and have it abundantly. He also said, it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Your dog knows this. Another thing that animals can help us be aware of is to learn to heed our instincts. Animals are fully embodied. They do not live in their heads, right? They do not sit and ponder. I wonder what it would be like if I went outside right now. <laughs> or should I sit here? Or should I, you know, they're heeding their instincts. They're doing what comes naturally to them. Do you even know what comes naturally to you? I don't always know. I know that um, singing comes naturally to me, that when I'm relaxed and truly myself, I walk around singing without even being aware of it. And that's a way that I'm given joy. That's a way that my body, like as in the blessing of the sow, that's the way that um, I know I remind myself of my sacredness, even without being aware of it. What are the ways you do that? Do you automatically, when you're feeling bad, go out and stand in the sunlight? Or do you open a book that you know is going to enrich you? Those are instincts. So check out the instincts you already have, and I'd like you to raise your hand if you have never had a thought like, um, uh-oh, something bad, this, this doesn't look good. This is not going to turn out good. You've never had that thought? Raise your hand if you've never had that thought. Now, raise your hand if you've never completely ignored that thought, rationalized yourself out of it, done the thing anyway, and had to prove to yourself, nothing good's coming. <laughs> right? Yeah, we have instincts. We do. We think we don't. We think we're above the animals. We are animals. We are animals who have consciousness and spirit. Or we are spirit and consciousness that has an animal body, that is in an animal body. And I refuse to believe that we're here on this earth to transcend these bodies. We're going to lose them soon enough. I believe we're here to fully be in them and experience all that they have to teach us until the time that we lay them down. And so... When we begin to listen to our instincts, to listen to that voice within your gut that tells you, oh, no. I've learned this in business. Bob and I have been in business for many, many years. And um, every once in a while, we've like started to hire someone. We have hired someone and gone, no, I really don't like this guy. But he seems to have really the expertise that we need. And, um, you know, he's worked in this field before, and I think he'll do well. And, yeah, it'll be okay. It'll be okay. I don't have to like him. Only to find out, oh, wow, that was the biggest mistake we ever made, and it cost us a lot of money to get rid of him. <clears throat> we do that all the time. You're walking down a road, and someone comes up behind you, and you feel uncomfortable, but you think, oh, it'd be rude to cross the street. I don't want to make a scene. 
This is how people get abused. This is how people get abused. We ignore our instincts and we try to do what we were told to do, which is be polite. Don't make a scene. And I don't mean never give anybody the benefit of the doubt, but I'm saying if your tummy is going, it might be time for you to listen. It's very interesting that science talks about now that our second brain is actually in our gut. That there is actually what they call a brain there that sends signals throughout our body. Mm. And then this brain might try to talk you out of it. I think you have to listen to both brains, not one or the other. Heed your instincts. Don't respond to cues about what's happening rather than rationalize, ignore, or override with your justification. I mean, I do that all the time. You know, my instinct is, don't eat that. <laughs> and I can rationalize and justify. Number three, animals teach us. These are ten things, by the way. Animals teach us patience and devotion and connection. Because... I know that my animal teaches me patient. I can watch, not that I watch my animals be patient, but that I have to be patient to live in a house full of animals. I have to be patient because I can't make them do something they don't want to do. And I can't punish them for doing what their instinct is. I have to be patient. Sometimes I got to clean up stuff. And I can learn about devotion and connection because I tell you what, there have been times in my life, it is, it is, God is good, and this is just proof of the abundance in the universe. There was a period of about five years where I had eight orthopedic surgeries, eight orthopedic surgeries with long, um, lots of uh, physical therapy afterward, so a long recovery. And somehow, every single time I was at home in recovery, a kitten appeared in our lives. <laughs> there is nothing more entertaining than a kitten. Even puppies. Because the kitten will, you can watch it for hours, and then it'll go sleep on your shoulder. And, I don't know how it happened, but I had, and they weren't all ours. You know, sometimes we were, we kept a kitten for someone who was moving, or we kept a kitten that my daughter said she wanted to be her cat, but it took her a while to actually take the cat. I don't know. That's the abundance of the universe right there. And I learned about devotion, that they were there. I learned about connection. I learned that animals are not respecters of persons. Now, they have an instinct about, oh, mm-mm, not going to hang around this guy. If my dog doesn't like somebody, I'm probably not going to spend a lot of time with them. But animals don't go, hmm, this guy's rich, this guy's poor. This woman is pretty. I want to be by her. That guy's unattractive. No, no, thank you. Our animals don't do that. My dogs and cats never say, why don't you put on a little makeup and get out of those sweats? <laughs> never, ever, ever. Never, ever, ever. They stick together. If you're their family, you know it. 
they're not going to easily go be with another family. They can attune just as we can if we have to change families for some reason, but they know who their family is and they're sticking by. They're sticking by you. Another thing our animals teach us is that actions speak louder than words. They don't have words to tell us what's going on with them, but we know when they're loving on us. We know when they're afraid. We know when they're impatient because they're in church and they never really, yeah, they don't really have a, a, a thing about, I wanted to go to church. I don't think that's a thing. But their, their tone, their um, expression, their posture, their movement. We have tone and expression and posture and movement. And people read those clearly regardless of the words that we say. Regardless of the words that we say. So animals are going to read. They're going to read our postures, our unspoken thoughts. And so will other people. So we have to pay attention to what it is that's going on with us and to know that the way that we move through the world, the way that we move through the world matters more than the words that we speak. Another thing animals have taught me is naps. Yeah. Nap time. Nap time. I was my dog Izzy this morning. We have this routine. I let Molly out. They don't get along, so then I have to let Molly back in, and then I let Izzy out. And then Izzy comes in and eats her breakfast, and then she goes to the room that there's a door between it and Molly so that they can both be in the house at the same time. And she lays down and takes a nap on the couch. And I, and I was just watching her, just sleeping. I went in there. I was afraid of waking her up, but I had to turn on the lights and do some stuff. And, and uh, she just, it's her routine. That's what I do. I take a nap. It doesn't matter if I've only been up for a half an hour. This is my nap time. Yeah, rest now when you're tired. I've made this mistake for years. I'm just now learning how to not go, oh my goodness, I'm so tired. Uh, a week from next Thursday. Yeah, man, I'm going to nap. I'm going to take a nap that day. You know how much good that does me? Nothing. I've, I am learning. I won't say I've had to learn. I am in the process of learning that if you're tired now, figure out how to nap now or as soon after now as you can get to a place that it's appropriate to nap. Yes. Or just rest. Just put your feet up. Just sit down. Just let go of the wheels turning. Take time to rest. Pause. And enjoy what's going on around you. Enjoy the beauty. And this is a very, very important one. Remember to play. Remember to play. Some people are good at playing. They make play with whatever they do. Janet's very good at playing. Bob's good at playing. I am not so good at playing. I have to remind myself. I grew up with a father who would say, that's childish, when I was five. <laughs> They'd be like, don't want to be childish. <laughs> so... I've had to learn how to play and learn what play is for me. I don't have to play the same way you play. I can't throw a ball for nothing. I'm not going to go out and throw a ball and call that play. I'm going to call that stress. <laughs> but there are other things that I do to play. I play with my music. I play, I climb a tree. I play with my dog who likes to play, 
who likes to play, or my cats. The other thing, um, seven, don't be so self-conscious. Do you ever know your dog like has a, has a scar or has mud all, all over him? Or what do they go, oh, I feel kind of bad about how I look right now. I'm a little ashamed. What are people going to think? Yeah, they don't care. Why do we care what people are going to think? Why, are, why do we take ourselves so seriously sometimes? The animals can teach us how to just, look, here I am. This is who I am. Got nothing else but this. So you either accept it or you don't. And that's okay. That's okay. Animals have no attachment to being right or wrong. They never come back and go, now, that thing we were talking about earlier, I want to explain to you how I was actually right. I know it all turned out okay in the end, but I just wanted to be said that I knew and you didn't. You know, I didn't like that guy from the beginning, and you thought it was a good idea to hang out with him. I'm just saying. They have no attachment. They have humility. They let go of things very quickly because if you spend this moment regretting the past moment, you have missed the next moment. And they want to know what is the next moment? What good stuff is going to happen in the next moment? The animals teach us to practice forgiveness. They do not hold grudges. They don't, even against each other. You know, Izzy has bitten Molly, like seriously. But if you let her, Molly would just go like, oh, let's go play. We don't do that anymore. But she doesn't hold a grudge. She just does her thing. She is who she is. So when we practice forgiveness for ourselves and for others, then we're not reliving the past over and over again and missing our present and our future. So we can live with grace and equanimity. And the final and first thing that animals teach us is to love unconditionally. They don't decide whether you're worthy of their love. If you're their person, they love you. If you're their person, they love you. How many people in your life can you say, you know what, that's one of my people. I won't always approve of what she does, but I can let go of anything she's ever done wrong because she's one of my people. I love her without condition. I don't like what he's doing today, but that doesn't affect my love. That's unconditional love. That's what we're trying to learn here. We are, that's why we come to church. That's our mission and vision. That's a whole reason for spirituality. That's why Jesus came to earth. That's why the Buddha taught compassion for everyone. To try to teach us the thing our dog already knows. <laughs> unconditional love. So um, I have a couple of uh, slides I want to show you about some other things that animals teach us. So Perry, if you will advance one. All creatures, great and small. I, um, yeah, let's go back there. 
That's okay. I took all of these photographs myself. I, that, you know, the ones of the wild animals, I telephotoed in, I wasn't that close to them. But, um, except for that elk, I was, but I was in a hotel room two stories above, so I got a really good shot of him. But just the beauty of nature, we forget. We forget. Okay, advance on. What our pets can teach us, moving on. Honor the ancestors. Every once in a while, our cat Dudley likes to honor his lion ancestors. It behooves us to remember that we are standing on the shoulders of those who came before. Next, be fierce and be gentle. That's Molly. She's got a lion heart, but she does not have a lion mouth. <laughs> fierce and gentle, that's her Halloween costume. She stands on the sidewalk and greets the children while Bob hands out candy. Next, two heads are better than one. There are things that you just can't do by yourself or figure out by yourself. But having someone else's friendship, someone else's presence sometimes, someone else's love for sure. And don't let work get to you. Whenever Bob is paying bills, Molly just gets so, oh, what is all this? Don't let work get to you because money isn't everything. <laughs> What's funny is that I didn't like pose these pictures. They were just ones from the past that were already on my phone. Oh, <clears throat> you'll see a lot of Molly. It's okay to hide sometimes. Sometimes you just want to crawl under the covers and just not, not be out there in the world. And it's okay. It's okay. Or it may be time to come out of the closet. Especially when you have put little runs in all of mama's blouses. Be yourself. Right? Are you watching your posture all the time? Or do you sometimes just let it all hang out? Because Larry does. Larry don't care. Find your place in the sun. Cats are really good about that. Where's the place that I'm going to get exactly the feeling I want to have? And the shade is good, too. <laughs> Moving on. Kisses are awesome. They are. That's David Roth. Whenever he comes to our house, he has a love affair with Molly. On, they are like rolling on the floor together for a while. Um, and, and uh, yeah. But hugs are the best. Hugs are the best. They may have been fighting, not hugging, but they look like hugging to me. And sometimes it's enough just to be a comforting presence. If you have never had the experience of being sick or ill or sad and had an animal come and know that somehow about you and simply be there with you. That's Dudley, my first knee surgery. Go back. He's between my knees there. <laughs> and this is my dad, who I've told you a lot of stories about, who was a colonel and um, a, an army colonel and a 
fundamentalist preacher and an alcoholic. <laughs> he also always talked baby talk to animals. Always, always, always. That was Polly Prissy Pants during some time when he was not in great shape. And there's his dog, Lady, who is by his not more than 10 inches away from him during the time that he was in his last illness. She never left him. And she died shortly after he did because her purpose was through. All right, moving on. Try to relax. This is the way Molly relaxes every night. Moving on. And indulge in a treat once in a while. Yeah, really, if you're going to have a treat, really enjoy it. How many of you eat something or drink something that you think, I really shouldn't do this? I really shouldn't. It's not good for me. And so you do it sort of like, rather than going, if I'm going to eat it, I might as well enjoy every bit of it. Dogs don't apologize. Go on. Hang out with friends. It's always a good thing to do. That's pretty much how you can find Bob and Molly any football game, for sure. But actually, just most evenings. And take time to smell the roses or the catnip. Stop and look at what's around you. Appreciate it. And be open to unexpected <laughs> friendships. That is Izzy going, what is this cat doing? Okay, next. We all have our differences. Keep moving. But we can try to see eye to eye, to understand one another. And we all need forgiveness sometimes. <laughs> This one was the heart cards that I bought to give out at our um, board retreat. And I left them on the table, and then I came home, and she had helped herself to them. Self-compassion cards, they're called, plus all the trash. She, she just does that. Hello. And then you got to forgive, because how we get by is with a little help from our friends. These are our neighbor's animals. We take care of them when they go out of town, so they got four in addition to ours, moving along. And it really is the thought that counts. <laughs> I almost didn't put this one in, but one Mother's Day, a couple of years ago, I walked out onto the front porch. I was going to go get the paper, and there was an eviscerated bird on the welcome mat in front of me. And those two were like, look what we got. <laughs> and I knew, as gross as that was, that they were expressing their love to me. Share with friends and share with strangers. <laughs> little visitor in the night. You know, we just like, oh, they're eating our cat's food. Well, let's put out a little more food. They're not hurting anybody. And the more the merrier. Why not? Why not? Moving along. Be curious. Curiosity did not actually kill the cat. Curiosity is one of our greatest tools in life. Because curiosity can take us from, you're different from me, therefore you're them. I'm us, and you're clearly them, into, in what ways are we us? 
and even them has an us. And we all have things in common. So be curious. Use your curiosity and avoid bad habits. <laughs> I saw her with that bone. It looked like she was smoking a cigar. Doesn't it? Okay, go on. Meditate regularly. That's cuddles. He does daily. He meditates and he loves to meditate by the yoga cat. Moving along. Celebrate the holidays in whatever way pleases you. Can tell how thrilled Molly is to have a costume on. And dress up occasionally just because it feels good. And a final word from the wisdom of Molly. How about them cowboys? <laughs> so I just wanted to share that.